0: You're listening to another episode of the Beulah Girl Podcast. For links, related resources, and even more encouragement, visit BeulahGirl.com. Hi, friend. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is the Beulah Girl Podcast, and I'm Carol Whitaker, your host. We're talking today about how we should approach the reading of God's Word, and if you're listening and thinking, I have no idea how this topic is relevant to me, or perhaps you're tempted to click out thinking that this isn't something that really has anything to do with your life, I want you to hang on for a moment and listen to the points of the podcast, and I think you will be pleasantly surprised and find that whether you're new to the faith and you're new to the whole Bible reading thing, or if you've been in the faith for a long time and you are familiar with the Bible, I think you will be surprised to learn some some new information and find just how relevant this topic is. I know I've been a Christian for a long time and I've known in a general way how important the Bible is and just what it contains, but I didn't know that God actually outlines within his word how we should approach it and how to get the most benefit out of it. And so there, I believe, is going to be some information within this that not only encourages you, maybe challenges you in your walk, but also is that which surprises you? Is is that which maybe you haven't known before? I want to start by reading the verse that we're going to be unpacking today. It's from 1 Thessalonians 2.13 and it says this, for this reason we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God which is indeed at work in you who believe. Now, Paul is the one who is writing this, and he was writing this to the Thessalonian church, and he was writing a letter to encourage them, to to help them along in their faith, and also point out some things um, that just, it's reminders and things, but he says this to them. And before I start unpacking it, I just want to, tell a story that kind of ties in with everything we'll be talking about and I have three children and my oldest has has started middle school this year. She's almost through her 6th grade year and middle school of course has been a change from elementary school and she's had a lot more homework and recently she had a social studies test that she needed help to to to, to study for. So she filled out a study guide and she came to me and I asked her the different terms on the study guide, and we were making our way through it, and we got to this one particular section of the study guide, and my daughter's answers were very tentative. She seemed a little hesitant. She was pausing for a while before answering, and so I asked her about it, and she said that she wasn't sure about the information in that section, that she hadn't been able to really find the answers in her notes, so she had just done the best she could, but a lot of the answers she had just guessed and I looked at her and I said you know honey you need to go back and make sure these answers are correct because it's not going to help you on your test unless you really make sure the answers are accurate and she agreed with me and so she went back and it wasn't very much fun but she found the correct answers and then we were able to go through her study guide once more. But it got me thinking about the fact after our conversation that none of us want a study guide that contains questionable information. None of us want to study for a test if we can't be sure of the answers. And maybe you've had that frustrating experience in college or elsewhere where you have the professor that gives the test that have nothing to do with the actual course information, that's a whole nother story. But you want the study guide that has the accurate information that will actually help you earn a good grade in the test. And at on a, a higher stakes level, we don't want to go through life with a faulty study guide. Now, obviously, life isn't we're not studying for a test in life like we are in, you know, in a course. But we want a guide for life that is accurate. And if we aren't reading the word, then we're not going to be able to make wise decisions because we're going to lead our own selves astray. And we need something that is accurate, 100% accurate to base our lives upon to lead us in the right way. And we're not going to benefit ourselves if we use faulty information. So to best benefit from the wisdom within the Bible, Paul outlines in First Thessalonians really how we should approach the word. And here are two things that we can learn from Paul. Number one, we should demonstrate an openness to the word. Paul notes that the Thessalonians received the word of God In other words, they demonstrate an openness to hearing the word. Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines receive as meaning several things. It can mean to come into possession of, to act as a receptacle or container for, to permit to enter, or to accept as authoritative, true, or accurate. All of these definitions are great, but I love in particular the definition permit to enter. The Thessalonians permitted the word to enter. Obviously, Paul was not writing his letter to them in English, but even in the word used translated from the original, we get such a rich meaning of what Paul meant here. If we look at the word in the the original Greek, first of all, I can't pronounce the word, so I'm not going to even try, but it means to take to oneself, to really make one's own And so whether we look at the definition in the Greek or whether we look at it in the English, it's just this idea of opening oneself up and receiving and accepting what is being preached. And that should be our reaction to the Bible. We too should receive the word and approach it with the same attitude of readiness and openness. It's possible to sit and listen to the preaching of God's word and really still have a very closed off spirit to the Bible and I I go through some pointers in some extra information on my blog if you want to look up Beulagirl.com. I go through some reasons that I think Satan uses some different strategies to kind of distract us and keep us closed off of the word and I think one of the the strategies he uses is just fear I think we're afraid to open ourselves up because a lot of times I think that we're afraid of what God will reveal to us. It's, it's not easy to open ourselves up, but just like we sometimes have to go through some pain in taking medicine at the doctor, it it may have some unpleasant side effects. It may not make us feel that great when we take it, or, you know, it, it may not be pleasant to get a shot, right? Or go through surgery, but ultimately the end goal is to heal what's, what's not working right, or what's, what's not right in our bodies. And the same is true for the word. Even if we open ourselves up to it and and we are convicted of sin, that ultimately God's ultimate goal is to cut away those areas that are hindering us in our walk. It's not to hurt us, but it's to help us cut away those areas that are hindering us. And the, the Bible does much more than convict of sin. It encourages it and comforts it. it teaches us about God it teaches about correct living which we're going to talk about a little bit more in a moment but it is hard to open yourselves up to something that you know will at times hurt but if we open ourselves up to it that we'll gain so much from it the second point that I want to bring out is that Paul really highlights within this verse is he says we should accept the Bible as the very words of God Receiving the Bible means more than just listening to it. If we want it to transform us, Paul tells us more about the approach we should have. As he clarifies, the Thessalonians accepted it not as the word of mere men, but what it really is, the word of God. So Paul brings up the point that the word of God is not like any other book. The wisdom it contains is above all human knowledge or reason. God divinely inspired individuals to write down what they did to guide Christians in their spiritual walk. In 2 Timothy 3:16 it says this: All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. There are a lot of different verses we could also pull up about the Bible, but here it's just basically saying that even though different individuals wrote down the words within the pages of the Bible, these individuals were inspired by God. That Every single word that's in the Bible is God breathed, meaning God, and he wanted it to be written down. He gave the individuals the idea to write it down and it's really his words. And so even though individuals wrote down the different parts of the Bible, it's God is the author. And there are many ways you can just do a quick search of articles about the authenticity of the Bible, the, um, you know, just look up the validity of, of it but there are many ways that we can tell that God is the author and, and one being that even though it was written by down by many individuals that it is cohesive and many of these individuals most of them didn't even know each other and wrote it in a you know sever, you know in this long time span and we and it still is very cohesive and the reason being is that God is the author In Paul's day just like in our day even though scripture is God breathed. Not everybody believes that. In fact, there was a lot of different definitions and, and reactions when it comes to the Bible. There were people in Paul's day who listened to the word but believed it was merely a good teaching and not any different than other religious teachings. And there's still individuals today that believe the same thing. If you sit down and talk with these individuals, they, they will not question they will not question certain verses of the Bible necessarily. They they'll, they won't have a problem with the Bible, but they also want to bring in other teachings and say, well, the Bible is just the same as this, or you can get the same information elsewhere. But really, scripture is very clear. The Bible stands above other teachings and that there's no other guide out there that stands even close to what the Bible offers. So there can be some good writings there. Of course, there's a great, you know, great books published by Christian authors and things, but the Bible stands above all human wisdom because it is God's wisdom. There were also people in Paul's day that listened to what was being preached and Then they, they just went about, they accepted it, but then they went about their lives and forgot to apply it to their lives. It was okay. That's, that's some great knowledge, but then it never really sunk in. And so that really didn't help them at all. And then there were others who completely ignored what was being said. They didn't want any part of it or even rejected it and rejected it with hostility. There were people that were violent towards Paul and he was thrown in prison for what he preached. So Even today, there are some people who completely ignore or have violent reactions that some people are very offended by what's in the Bible. But we can understand because there were so many different reactions to the preaching of the word of God, so many reactions to Paul, we can understand why he was so thankful in this passage that the Thessalonian church really understood what the Bible contained. And he's so thankful. He says to them, he just gushes about how they really understood and opened themselves up to it and really understood that it contained the words of God. And if we notice towards the end of the passage, he gives us a little tidbit and he tells them the amazing benefit that they're receiving as a result of their belief in the word of God being the words of God. Their lives were changed as he says, the word was at work in those that believed. And the same is true for us. Our approach to the word will determine how it affects our lives. So if we close ourselves off to it, if we don't believe that it has any power to change us or don't approach it in that way, that we aren't going to see life change because we're not going to let it impact us. I want to say a few words of caution at this point. The Bible, we may have listened to it up to this point and think and want to rush out and just implement every verse in the Bible and say, Lord, I'm going to be open to it. You want me to be open to it. I'm going to do everything that you say. And that's wonderful. That enthusiasm is wonderful. And I just applaud that. But there is a little bit of caution that we need to have in our approach. Being receptive to the word doesn't mean that we should accept everything we hear a pastor or Christian podcaster say. That there are many pastors out there that are claiming to be Christian and have very shaky theology on some points. And there are also those that have some really good intentions that are misinterpreting the Bible, twisting scriptural truth. They're hurting and misleading many people who are hungry to know the truth, but may not necessarily be familiar with what the Bible says and are just trusting that this person is going to teach them. We need pastors. We need teachers. But we have to be careful about just taking whatever is being said by pastors and teachers and not having our own time of study. We have to have discernment. And really the only way to tell if pastors and and other Christian podcasters things are preaching from the word and doing an a correct job of it is to do our own study and to weigh what they're saying and to accept that sometimes teachers make mistakes and that even pastors with the best of intentions sometimes their viewpoints are going to be shaded a bit by their own experiences that don't necessarily aren't necessarily helpful to us or they may mislead us a little bit in some ways. And you'll even see if you've, you know, and maybe you've already experienced this if you've been a Christian for a while. If you dive in to study the Bible, you'll find that over points of doctrine, pastors and Christians, teachers and things, they don't always agree on certain points. There's different interpretations. The important part is that as a body of believers, that we are very firm on certain points of doctrine, such as you know, to, in order to be saved that you, uh, you know, accept Jesus in your lives and things like that is the only way to salvation. There are some points that, that are very, so clear in the Bible that we have to orient our lives around, but then there's other more minor points that can have a few different interpretations. And so we have to study for ourselves. The other thing is we have to look into the context of verses and seek to understand the intent of what is written Again, we can have some great enthusiasm and rush to the Old Testament and open up uh, one of the books of the Bible and start trying to implement the guidelines that were given to the nation of Israel for their conduct into our own lives, not knowing that that old covenant has been done away with. We're under a new covenant with Jesus. Again, having the best of intentions and wanting to please God, but not understanding the context or of those verses and So we really have to understand that. We can also rigidly apply principles, and I'm speaking from personal experience, that there have been times that I've too rigidly applied things or I've tried to please God and I really have taken something out of context. So we can misunderstand verses about female submission or other topics and hurt ourselves and others. So we really have to look into the context, do our study of the time period, look into what scholars and things say about this verse and not just rush off in our enthusiasm and, and apply verses that we don't really understand. In addition, there will be times that we don't understand what we read or may even be offended by some of the truths of the Bible. Being open to the Word doesn't mean that we hide our questions or pretend that we don't feel confused or even offended by certain truths. It's okay to have questions about what we read, and to be honest with God about our struggles to accept certain portions of the Bible. When we have a question, we can examine verses using study materials, such as a study Bible, online Bible commentary, Bible dictionary, different translation. Personally, I love to to look up if I'm studying a Bible verse. I use a study Bible when I'm reading the Bible. I was introduced to the NIV study Bible in college and I love it. It has intros to every book of the Bible and also just notes. And it it helps to understand the context. It helps to understand the time period, what was intended. And the notes are not extensive, they're brief, but it just helps in your time of study to be able to have that. I also like to look up for certain verses every now and then when I'm studying to do a blog post, I'll look up sometimes verses in a Bible dictionary, or I'll look up different translations. I like to use translations like the amplified version, the voice, the message. If I can't understand a verse and I'm wanting to know, then I'll look those up and it sometimes makes it a little more clear than say the NIV or another version. And we can also pray and ask God to help us understand a concept or um, overcome our unbelief in an area we need God's spirit to understand the Bible. We can't comprehend his wisdom on our own. He's so far above where we are that there are things that will be very difficult for us to wrap our minds around. And our questions are good, but they should move us toward God and not away. So many times we can have a question and not feel like we find a sufficient answer. So we just tune out the Bible or we just it moves us away from God and we think, well, I I can't really find a satisfactory answer to that. So I'm just rejecting the Bible completely, or I'm just not going to read it anymore. or I don't trust it or whatever the case. We're not going to find every single answer to every question we have. There are some questions that are not going to be answered this side of eternity, but there are so many resources out there to help us understand God's word and also he he answers us when we ask him that again there are some questions that we won't know the answers to but he he i i can attest to praying many times to have God help me understand an issue and he will illustrate the concept through something happening in my in my life or he'll just help me run across a resource that makes it clear to me or just Wash over me this comprehension of it. And I, I finally get it. I love this story of a man. I was reading a commentary and I ran across the story. Of, there was a man who was struggling to believe Jesus was the son of God. He wanted to believe it. He just couldn't wrap his mind around it. So he went into his closet. He prayed. God would help him believe. When he emerged once again from his room, he announced excitedly to others that he believed Jesus was the son of God. God had answered his prayer and helped him believe. God wants to help us understand His Word as well if we ask Him. It tells us in James to ask if we need wisdom. So if we're struggling in an area we just can't seem to overcome our unbelief or accept a per- certain portion of Scripture, we can help. We can ask God for His help and He will help us. I want to conclude by returning back to the story that I started with at the beginning of this episode with my daughter. Days after she took the test, she skipped in the door and said, that she had earned an A on the test she was so excited all the extra work she had done to fill out her study guide yielded the fruit of a high grade and obviously life is much higher stakes than a test we're not studying for a test in a class it's our life it's our it's our much higher stakes but when we accept the word of god for what it really is and apply it to our lives we will see the fruit of our efforts when we begin to orient our lives around the most accurate study guide for life there is, our lives will begin to change. And there's nothing really more exciting than that. And that will encourage us to read the Bible more because we'll begin to see the power of how it works in our lives. In John eight thirty two, Jesus says, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. The word know in this verse is ginosko in the Greek. And it means to know through firsthand experience. God's intention for us as Christians is, isn't for us to read just so we can walk around and know a bunch of things in our head. His intention is giving us the Bible to teach us how to live so that we can know in a real way what it means to experience the life-changing power of Christ. So we'll begin to know from firsthand experience, not just read a verse about forgiveness, but we'll actually apply that verse and begin to see just how peaceful we feel once we forgive that person, even though they don't deserve it. Or when we put Him first in our lives and start applying the verse about putting God first and notice that our priorities are just beginning to get under control and that we again have so much more calm and peace in our schedule. So there's just a lot of ways that we can apply the truths of the Bible and. God wants us to do to learn so that we can apply the truths, not just so that we can know a bunch of things in our head. If we get a gift but never unwrap it, how can we enjoy its contents? In a similar way, if we never read God's word or do not take to heart what we read and let it change us, it's like leaving a gift in its wrapping. It's of no use to us. If we haven't been reading the word lately or haven't really opened ourselves up to it, we can get on track and begin to receive his word into our lives. And again, there's so many resources out there. Personally, I love to use the First Five app. It's a free app from Proverbs 31 Ministries, and they walk through different books of the Bible. They do different studies, and there's a little simple... I, I don't really want to call it a devotion. It's more just a commentary, I would say, of passages of Scripture. They give you a suggested reading, and you go through the book of the Bible, whatever it is, and then they just you know, they have trained writers that, that will write a little guide to help you with what you're reading and explain and help you pull out things. And then you can make comments and there's a whole online community. So it's really cool. So that's one thing I use, but there's also a lot of other resources, again, out there, study Bible, other resources, other devotions that you can, it's also a great thing just to join a Bible study at church, walk through it with some other people, So we all, there's lots of ways to incorporate his word into our lives, but ultimately when we view it in the right way, elevate it, begin to see it as the ultimate guide it is, then our lives will begin to transform. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word. You didn't leave us alone. You gave us a guide to live. Not only did you put your Holy Spirit inside of us, for those of us who have called on you and asked you into our lives and, and accepted you as our Lord and Savior, you also left us this incredible book where we can read your words. We can find out more about you. We can learn about your will for us. We can learn the way that you designed our lives to work and so much more. So Lord, if we've been resistant to the Bible, help us to get past that fear of of the Bible or just that resistance that's within us, or if we've just been distracted and we haven't really made a priority, help us to put it at the forefront and make time each day to read it, knowing that it's going to change our lives when we do. Thank you again, Lord, that you've given us the incredible words within scripture that you did, that you speak to us through it and help us to not neglect it, but really incorporate it in our daily lives. Amen.